must begin again. I want to talk about beginning again in two senses, the personal and the communal. I'll begin with some thoughts about today's gospel text at a personal level. What does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to let go of agency, become open to receiving the Spirit? Is this a single, all-encompassing transformation or an iterative process where we end up beginning again and again? Secondly, I'll think about our communal life. Did the disciples go out and seek the Spirit? Was Pentecost a celebration of them tripping over it as they walked around in the world? Or did they place themselves in an attitude of receptivity that allowed the Spirit to break in? Jesus tells Nicodemus that no one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. He goes on to say at verse 8, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You can hear its sounds, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. One thread I want to follow here is the comparison between birth in the flesh and birth in the Spirit. Birth in the flesh is about striving. In reaction, we seek to experience pleasure and avoid pain. And that's as us as an animal. We seek approval and avoid rejection. We strive after security and crave control. Birth in the spirit is described in opposite terms. Accepting that the wind blows wherever it pleases. Those born of the spirit accept the coming and going of the spirit. That is as far as we get by knowing, being prepared to accept. John points out why this is hard. Nicodemus responds, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb. The apparent impossibility of this highlights exactly what is required. Jesus and Nicodemus were Hebrew teachers. It's no accident that they're talking about the womb. In Hebrew, Bahim means both womb and compassion, mercy. To enter the kingdom of God, then, we must enter into the enveloping womb love of God. Jesus goes to the heart, Nicodemus goes to the heart of why this is hard. How can a growing man enter into the womb love of God? How can he release his hard-won knowing, his hard-won autonomy, to be in relation with God as an unborn child is with their mother? How can we be not wanting and not knowing so as to enter into God's wanting and God's knowing? common answer to this is faith, but that's not at our command. 
what brings us to that is practice. Not the practice of striving to claim God and know God, but the practice of letting go of striving and of knowing so that God can claim us. We do not control where the spirit blows, only whether we are receptive to its moving. However, Jesus does not tell us to muddle along and hope that the spirit will break into the clutter of our lives. He exhorts us to a practice that will open our hearts to the spirit and models this practice. Again and again, Jesus embraces the people, enters the crowded marketplaces, meeting people in their homes, pouring himself out in teaching and in healing. Again and again, he gets exhausted to the end of himself and goes away to a quiet place to connect with God. Then, replenished, he begins again to pour himself out again. From this, we can take a guide to our practice. We are to take time regularly to find a still space where we can be open to God, where the Spirit can renew us. We must then re-enter the flood and our connection with God can be lost, almost inevitably will be lost. And then we begin again. That connection brings me to a second thread, the promise of relationship. Being born again is not a single action. It's the beginning of your relationship with your, being born is the beginning of your relationship with your parents. Paul addresses this in Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Here, birth is the commencement of a relationship. Through receiving the Spirit, we are adopted as the sons and daughters of God. Paul goes on to say in 16 and 17, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So to be born again is to be a cohere with Christ. That's Paul's language. That adoption is permanent and the relationship is continuous. But it is important to note that our experience of the relationship is not continuous. The story of the Old Testament is that the covenant between God and his people is permanent, but the people's participation in the covenant is not. Again and again, people will follow their own path, trip themselves up, and then have to begin again. It is the same for us. 
with the new covenant in Christ. Inevitably, we will wander on our own path, choosing our willing and knowing over God's willing and knowing. Inevitably, we will come to the end of ourselves and rely on the unconditional womb love of God to enfold us and make us new again so that we can begin again. In short, being born again does not mean that you're not going to get it wrong again. It means that you're always going to be invited to start again. In terms of how this idea applies to our communal life, it's the second week of Pentecost. We describe Pentecost as the birthday of the church. However, the disciples were not starting from scratch. The pattern of mission was established during the ministry of Jesus with the sending out of the 72. The assembly of large crowds that stayed with Jesus for days at a time foreshadowed a community of faith beyond the synagogue. The process of church started with Jesus. After his departure, the followers needed to begin again. So I find it hard to see Pentecost as the birthday, but another rebirth and a process that keeps happening and starting again. We can imagine Peter processing his rejection of Christ at the moment of crisis. Having glimpsed God's glory, deeply aware of his own failure, he might well have echoed Isaiah saying, I am ruined, for I have unclean lips. I come from a people with unclean lips. And yet, he accepted forgiveness from Jesus and continued to lead his disciples. Together, they met, grieving the departure of Jesus, but continuing their practice of meeting and praying and sharing his word. They did not claim the spirit or find it by accident. They intentionally put themselves in a space of openness and the spirit claimed them. And so here we are today intentionally following the rhythms of worship, responding to the unconditional womb love of God with praise and a willingness to begin again. I invite you to close your eyes for a moment.
release us from all that we have not earned. You love us for all that we are right now. Your love is like a mother's love for an unborn child. God, we present ourselves to you now. Say the bread.